this morning, chapter 2 and verse 1, a familiar passage of Scripture. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Everybody in the church could probably quote this passage, right? (laughs) Amen. Just two words. And when. And when. Father, we praise you again today. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love and kindness towards us. Thank you, God, for this glorious day, your presence that we feel in this place, each and every one that is here, God. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, God, we're asking you to stay with us, O God, and fill us with your love and kindness throughout, Lord, and we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. And you may be seated. And when, amen. Throughout Scripture, you find constantly that this passage is used a lot from old to uh, throughout the New Testament. And you can be reading along and you're, you're getting uh, at that climax or that peak and you begin to try to figure out what is taking place. And then all of a sudden you come across these words, and when. And when means that pay particular attention because something is getting ready to happen or something God is getting ready to expose to you in his word that he wants you to take particular notice of what is about to transpire. Because what God is showing you and I when he says, and when, it is designed to bring us to a point uh, to God to begin to examine or search our lives to see what is about to be said. Can it apply to us? And can we really use it? And can it strengthen our faith? And can it build us up a lot more? And that's what I believe that God places this in there for so that we can get to that point in our lives to where we can come to the end of ourselves, to where we can see, yes, this now applies to me, and this is what I understand has transpired, and this is what I understand has taken place, and now, yes, it is for me, and yes, I can continue to move forward, amen. I have to get to that point to where it's no longer about me, but it's all about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I can never lose the sight of the old rugged cross that was so despised by the world. I can never you lose sight, amen, of the cross and what Jesus did for my life, amen. We want to cling to this thing and we want to become, as Paul says, living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can approve what is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. You see, you're never going to get to the end of yourself if you just got a little sniffle here and a little snot there. Amen. You've got to get to that point to where, as I said earlier, it becomes all about God. And this is why Jesus, I believe, put these words there and when so that you can see what he's doing 
in the backdrop. You see, we will never get to that in when if as long as it's about you. But when it's about God, you begin to see that the promises of God and how God will work and how God will operate and the things that God will do to bring you to that fruition in your life. Amen. You see, God has got exceeding precious promises for you and I. Amen. And so if he did it once, he will do it again. And this is why Paul says that the things which are written for are written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scripture can find hope. Amen. See, we got to get to that point. Amen. The Bible let us know in 2 Kings chapter 7 that there was a famine in the land and in this famine transpired they had nothing to eat and a donkey's head was being sold and all kinds of problems were taking place and the Bible let us know that there were four leopards men and these four was sitting on the outcast because the leper couldn't go into the city and so he couldn't be around people and so they were sitting there and they came to a conclusion and they asked themselves why are we going to sit here until we die they said if we go to city there's no food there we're going to die if we stay out here we're going to die and so our enemies, the Syrians, at least they've got some food. And so at least the only thing they can do is feed us the killers. And the Bible says, and so when they made that decision and when they came to the camp of the Assyrians, they were all gone. When they made a decision to save their lives, God got involved. God began to make their enemies hear things that was not there. And their enemies all left and they left everything. Amen. So we've got to get to that point to where we're still going to trust God. And this story is there for a reason. And God is trying to say to you and me, don't sit here until you die. Amen. I've got what you have need of. You've just got to move forth. Amen. And go after the things that you have need of. And not wait to the last minute. Amen. We've got to move to that point in our lives. Praise God. And when you and I decide that we're going to move forth. Uh, we're going to walk around the walls of Jericho. Notice the children of Israel. They walked around the walls of Jericho once every day for six days. But then on the seventh day, they walked around seven times. Uh, and the Bible says that when they shouted, the walls fell down. Amen. When they got to the point uh, to where God says, now this is what I want you to do, the walls fell down. You may be feeling trapped today. You may feel like everything is around you and all evil and all negative is surrounding you and there's nothing that can be done. I want you to know when you get to that point to where you side, you're going to raise up the, the highest praise uh, that you can give to God. When you you begin to shout out hallelujah when you begin to call unto the Lord of Lords uh, the walls are going to come down the things that's trying to impede your progression will come down when you get to that point in your life to where you're going to praise God no matter what is happening in your life no matter the circumstances uh, you're facing in your life when you get to that point uh, at the end of yourself uh, that you're going to 
to say, I'm still going to lift my voice. I'm still going to raise my hands. I'm still going to magnify God. No matter what is taking place in my life, the walls are going to come down. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. The thoughts of peace and to give you an expected end. Amen. God has made promise to you, Brother Chad. You see, God's word is filled with promises from A to Z. And when God's promises are there, we just got to believe. We just got to cling until God comes through. And the Bible lets us know that in Genesis 17, 1, it says when Abraham was 99 years old. God appeared unto Abraham and says, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I got to looking at this passage of scripture. And he says, 99. Most of us at 99 would probably say, I don't need nothing else. Just get me out of here. (laughs) You know, 99 years old. Abraham still kicking. (laughs) He had a promise from God at 75. God says, Abraham, you leave home and I'll bless you. Abraham has gone through 20, almost 25 years of things in his life. He's got possessions. He's got material possessions. He's got servants. He's got, you know, things. But the promise It's not there yet. And at 99 years old, the Bible says, and when? Pay particular attention, it says, and when he was 99, the Lord appeared unto him and says, I am the almighty God. In other words, God did not appear to Abraham as the name Jehovah. Because you see, the name Jehovah means redemption and salvation. God did not appear to him at that moment to redeem him and to save him. God appeared to him at that point to want Abraham to know that, Abraham, I am the all-sufficient one. And I have everything that you ever have need of. And there is no limit to the things that I have for you, Abraham. And so, Abraham, what I need you to do now is to understand. I know I made you a promise. I know you and I entered into a covenant a while back. And I know you haven't got the promise uh, that I promise you. But I'm coming to tell you now, Abraham, I'm going to fulfill my deal with you. And this is what I need you to do. I need you to walk before me and be perfect. Amen. I need you to get to that point now, Abraham, that your behavior and your speech uh, and your heart is all about me. I need you to get to that point, Abraham, that now I'm going to do something in you that all the world will be in amazement. I'm going to do something to you, Abraham, that no one else will ever hear or see. Amen. As long as they live, I'm getting ready to bring my promise to fruition through you. Amen. And so I need you 
to walk worthy, to walk before me and a perfect heart. I need you to move on, Abraham, to profession. Amen. And get it right now. And as a result of this, we see that God fulfilled his promise in Abraham. Don't ever think in your life that you're too old. Don't ever think that your promise is not going to be fulfilled. Amen. If God has made you and I a promise, you need to cling to the promises of God. Amen. God has put in Abraham amen, at a breaking point now. He's been, Abraham, I need you to walk worthy. And this is our scripture, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen with power and might. Amen. According to the long suffering and goodness and joyfulness of Almighty God. Amen. We've got to come to the end of ourselves. Amen. So that we can receive the blessings and the promises of Almighty God. Praise God. The promises of God rests upon our obedience. We've heard men stand here and says, the scriptures obey them to have the rule over you, for they watch for your soul that he may give an account. Why does God place so much obedience on his children? You see, Israel could have won every victory, but they didn't obey. We can win every victory if we will only obey. That's why Samuel told Saul to obey is better than sacrifice. And amen. If we obey what God's word tells us, what did he say? I will bless you. I will pour out my spirit to you. The obedience to the things of God is not to hinder us. It is to prosper us. It is to give us an expected end. And so we've got to walk worthy of the Lord and to all pleasing. Do you wake up in the morning and say to yourself, I think I'll please God today. When's the last time you did that? It's not about pleasing me. It's about pleasing him. Did you know if you please God, you'll please me and you'll please everyone else around you. That's how God has ordained it. And this is what God desires. And so God says, Abraham, I need you to walk before me and be perfect. Amen. The Bible lets us know that a good man walk in his integrity and his children are even blessed after him. Why is there so much emphasis by God for us to walk worthy? Why is so much emphasis by God to walk in our integrity? Because God knows knows that there's another generation that's coming behind us. He knows my promise was not just to Abraham, but his seed. Amen. That every seed that comes from Abraham. This is why the Bible says in Galatians 5, 3, for as many of you has been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ and if you be Christ's then are you Abraham's seed and your heirs according to what the promises of God that's Galatians 3 brother Vince amen you are to God's promise 
and see God says, Abraham, the righteousness is going to have to flow through you. Amen. Because my covenant is with you, Abraham. And so when the promised seed comes about, Abraham, amen, it will be after you, their father, the almighty will flow through him. Amen. And this is why God wants him to walk up right before him, praise God, so that he will be perfect and well-pleasing to God. Amen. As a Christian, we should be saying, I want to please God at every juncture in our lives. Amen. I want to do everything that I can that is pleasing to him. And when we get to that point, we will see the glory of God. We will see the blessings of God. We will see the things of God opening up the windows of heaven and showering you with blessings that you won't have room enough to receive what God is trying to do for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says if you commit your works to the Lord... All your thoughts will be established. Everything you do, the Bible says, do it what? Heartily as unto the Lord and not unto man. Amen. If everything you do, you do unto the Lord. You put your thoughts uh, that I'm doing this to God. It's going to be established. Uh, Your plans will be established. Uh, If you're doing it to God, this is what he wants uh, you and I to be a part of. Amen. And to begin to understand. Amen. That once we start walking worthy of the Lord, we will begin to increase uh, in the knowledge of God. Uh, We will be without knowledge. we will know him. We will know his deity. We will know his likes, his dislikes. We will know the promises that he has for us. God wants to fulfill this covenant. You have been given a covenant by God. Amen. You have been told times and times again that God wants to do something great for you. That God wants to open up the windows of heaven and pour a blessing to you. And you're saying, well, pastor, I haven't got it yet. That was told me a long time ago. But examine yourself, Paul said, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Look at yourself and say, am I walking before God perfectly? Am I walking upright? Am I walking according to my integrity? Am I walking according to his word? If you are, rest assured, God will appear to you the same way he appeared to Abraham, the same way he appeared to Solomon. The same way thing that he told Abraham, he appeared to Solomon and the same way and said to Solomon the same words. Walk before me and be perfect and I will hear you. And that's to you and me when we stand right. When we stand upright and do what God is saying, we'll get the promises. And the Bible says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and one place. What was so significant about this day? The same significance at Abraham at 99. It was a promise by God. 
God has to fulfill. We heard this morning, he can't lie. He's got to fulfill what he said he would do. He had told Abraham, I will bless you. And that's why the writer of Hebrews says, he says, bless and I will bless you and multiply and I will multiply you. And so after he patiently endured, he received the promise. Amen. God had told, said through the prophet Joel, and the last day says, God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my servants and handmaidens will I pour out of that day my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turning to darkness and the moon in the blood before that great and notable day of the Lord shall come. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The promise line was laid out there for them. Amen. And as a result, the same way God had promised Abraham that I will bless you, he had established a promise through that same bloodline for you and I as well. And so the significance of the day of Pentecost is for God to fulfill his promises to his children. Amen. And so when the day of Pentecost came, amen, it was fulfilled. As long as you walk up brightly and perfectly before God, the call was to walk up rightly because now you're going to birth righteousness. You're going to birth holiness. You're going to birth any eternal salvation. Amen. And so on the day of Pentecost, God is fulfilling his promises uh, that he had made years before. And I want to encourage you today, don't ever give up. As they was praying in the upper room, waiting for the promises of God, you've got to keep praying and waiting for the promises of God. He will come. The Bible says he will, that will come, will come, and will not tarry. Now the just has got to live by faith but if any man draw back my soul shall have no pleasure in them but we're not of them that draw back to perdition we're them that believe to the saving of the soul as God saw Abraham was starting to take matters into his own hands this is why 13 years before God appeared here Ishmael was born because he began to take matters into his own hands because God wasn't on his timeline. And that's usually what happens. We get ahead of God. We get a promise from God. And it don't happen on my timeline. I take matters into my own hand. And usually we mess things up pretty bad. And so this is why God comes to Abraham and says, walk before me and be perfect. Be complete in me, Abraham. Believe me that I am the almighty, all-sufficient God, and I can provide anything at just a mention of a word. And that's what God wants you to understand, that when you come to the end of yourself, that you believe him so much that just the speaking of the word, it will happen. You walk up right and you watch and see what happens in your life. Amen. Paul says these two covenants, amen, with God, the two sons that God gave to Abraham was two covenants. He says one was by the bond woman and the other one was by the free. Amen. 
and we need to understand that the one by the free woman was what? Of the promise. Praise God. And that's why you're born in the church. It's free. The church is not bound. Amen. And so the promises of God is there for you. This is why Peter preached on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 and 38. And he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is to you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, Save yourselves from this untowards generation. And they that were gladly received his word was baptized. And they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking the bread and prayer. I'm here to tell you, the promises of God are always yea and they are amen. Because when God made promise to Abraham, he could not lie. And God has made promise to you and God cannot lie. And I want you to understand that as Abraham was called to walk up the right and perfect before God, you and I are called to move on to perfection as well. Paul says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections, uh, and instructions in righteousness that the man of God will be perfect, thoroughly furnished uh, unto all good works. Amen. God wants you to be fulfilled uh, in everything that he has promised you. But the question comes for you and when. And when? And when do you want him to do it? And when will you let him do it? That's the question for you. If you walk before him and be perfect, is that your choice? He will come and he will fulfill his promise to you. Let's stand this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.